G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. It may be the biggest global event of the century, the death and now the funeral of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The funeral, of course, was last night. You might have stayed up very late, as I did, and uh, probably one of the most watched events ever. Well, some insights today from David Robertson, a speaker, writer, broadcaster. He's director of the Ask Project, an evangelist with Sydney Anglicans. Ask stands for Ask, Seek, Knock. And David originates from Scotland, the author of a number of books. He's currently in the process of writing his latest project, A Letter to a Post-Christian Nation. Uh, David, always appreciate your insights, but a special welcome along to 2020. Yeah, it's a privilege to be with you on uh, reflecting on this momentous occasion. Well, the funeral last night, the culmination of 10 days of mourning, was that a fitting way to end that 10 days, a fitting tribute to the Queen's faith in God? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a cynic about these things, and I would have to say I, pro, I cannot see how it could have gone better, to be honest. You know, I, I thought it was um, just incredible. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 was, it was very moving. Um, I mean, I'm a Scot, but uh, that, that made me proud to be British as well. <laughs> Uh, at, at that level, and and Australian, but I think the thing that struck me about it was I've I've never seen a public funeral that was so Christian, and I think that was due to the Queen herself having basically scripted it. That's beautiful, and we'll talk about that. But just you've raised something really important here, and I've been thinking about this over this past ten days. Had no one to really ask. The Queen died at Balmoral. Balmoral is in Scotland. And I know that it was a favourite place, and uh, from what I've seen, you know, it's the images on television, it's a very beautiful place, considered a wonderful family holiday destination for her. But is there something deeper? Is there something even political about the fact that the Queen died in Scotland? You're a Scot. What are your thoughts here, Dave? Well, let's put it this way. I think that if uh, I was Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister of Scotland, and looking for uh, a referendum for Scottish independence, that's gone for a few years now. I think um, you had everything. I mean, at the funeral, you had the bagpipes, of course, um, uh, a most wonderful instrument that the Greeks claim and we perfected. Uh, But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think politically, do you know, it's an interesting fact that when the Queen, I read an article this week, um, that when the Queen died, she was a Presbyterian (laughs) because technically when she's in Scotland, she uh, was a member of the Presbyterian Church and she had her own Church of Scotland or Presbyterian Chapel in Balmoral. Well, that is interesting, isn't it? And there's yeah. a certain sense in which when we think of her as the, you know, the ultimate 
uh, primary defender of the faith of the Church of England, uh, that there is that connection with the Presbyterian Church. That's a powerful thing that takes her into a, you know, a, a, an interdenominational uh, reign as well. Uh, how do you see that? I mean, she is, uh, you know, the woman of faith, uh, the defender of the faith in the Church of England. As you say, there's an alignment there with Presbyterianism, but she did have a capacity to be able to take us all under her wing, no matter what sort of denomination we're coming from. Yeah, I think she was overtly Christian while showing respect to other faiths. She was definitely Church of England, though. I would say um, in Anglican terms, she was low church. She probably would have felt quite happy, and uh, I think did feel quite happy in Sydney Anglicanism, particularly uh, St. Andrew's Cathedral. So I think that um, she's definitely... Uh, I've no doubt at all that her faith was was real and genuine, that she wasn't just going through the role. I think that is enormously significant. Um, And I think in that respect, she was admired by lots of people. But I think for a lot of Christians, it was very interesting at the funeral. Did you notice this? The phrase, I've not heard this before, our sister Elizabeth was used. And that was that was fascinating, which is true for Christians. You have the queen as your sister. That is interesting, isn't it? And uh, it demonstrates something about her humility and those symbols of breaking her reign, uh, the snapping of the staff uh, that belonged to the Lord Chamberlain and the removal of her imperial state crown and the orb and the scepter from her coffin. Uh, That is actually very significant, isn't it? Because it demonstrates this humility that here was someone who was appointed to reign as queen, but uh, when she dies, uh, she's buried as a simple soul, as I think the the, the expression goes. There is something of yeah, really I, incredible humility there. The, the, well, humility, but also, actually, that was the tradition. So I, 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 I think a lot of people won't be... We're, we're aware of the significance of this particular queen dying. But what I would say is this. I think it was 589 King Clovis was... Uh, anointed as a Christian king and so on. And from that came the German king, Saxe Kotenberg, which becomes the House of Windsor, becomes the queen. So for around uh, 1,000 to 1,500 years, actually, you could argue that um, there's been this succession of monarchies where the king was perceived as the anointed one or the queen was perceived as the anointed one. And I know that this queen took that so seriously that during her coronation in 1953, when it came to the actual anoint, her anointing, she wouldn't allow that to be filmed because she regarded that as a sacred moment between her and God. And, uh, you know, I think this is probably, I, I doubt you or I will ever see uh, a funeral like we saw yesterday. And I doubt we will ever see a queen like that or a king like that because um, she regarded, she did regard herself as anointed by God. Now, whether you agree with that or not, that was how she perceived herself, and that was where her commitment to to duty and to the people and everything else came from. And I think it was actually tremendously good for the Western world overall, for the United Kingdom in particular. And and I do fear for the United Kingdom in the future without her, I would say, calming and unifying presence. In fact, you've been reflecting on the reactions of people reported in the media and uh, the thought that there is going to be a post 
a queen world and what that might look like. So let's spend a few moments here uh, in light of the funeral, uh, the thought that you might have around a post-queen world. Uh, What does it look like to you, David? Well, it depends where we go. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to confess this. I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm actually a Republican, so, um, and, <laughs> yep. and, and but but I, I find it hard when people say, "Okay, you're a Republican. What do you replace it with?" I actually find it very very difficult to answer that. And the idea of a presidential system, you know, I think one of the great things about the Queen was she was above politics, and um, I think that was uh, tremendously important to have a head of state like that. I, what, what I'm more concerned about is the removal of Christianity from public life. And I think that may well happen here in Australia as well. I mean, I do wonder about all these kings and queens and political leaders and you know, um, prime ministers, including our own, um, sitting there and hearing the scriptures read, hearing the scriptures sung. I mean, it was a very Christ-centered scriptural service, I thought. And I wonder how they reflected on that, even in terms of their own lives personally. You know, and I do pray for them as we're instructed to, to pray for kings and those in authority. So I think it's going to be a very different world, actually. In fact, even as you say that, uh, here's a little clip from the uh, the UK Prime Minister Liz Truss, who had the responsibility of a Bible reading. And I'm not sure whether she got to choose it, but here's a little listen into what she said. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Even the very secularised mainstream media playing that and commenting on the Christian nature of the funeral, uh, those things are so powerful, David. But when you've got the British Prime Minister and uh, she reads a scripture like that, does it, does it speak anything loudly to you? Yes, I actually thought Baroness Scotland before the head of the Commonwealth spoke, um, uh, read uh, well uh, as well. Um, well, I just think that Again, I thank the Lord for Archbishop Cranmer so many centuries ago because that was a book of uh, common prayer service and his was very, very scriptural. So for me, it was just wonderful to have um, Muslim leaders there hearing about the Son of God. Uh, It was wonderful to have militant secularists hearing about, um, you know, how frail we all are. And actually... I was quite surprised and very encouraged by Archbishop Justin Welby saying uh, it, the Queen was saying it's who you believe in, not what. And I just thought, wow, uh, it was a direct point, a direct point to Jesus. And I thought that was uh, tremendous. Do you know, I think that there's estimated to have been about 4 billion people who heard that. That is the largest audience, even even larger than your own radio show neil (laughs) (laughs) unimaginably (laughs) yeah to have ever heard the scriptures you know isn't that incredible you know one thing that would be a concern if you were not looking at the funeral with some level of spirituality in christian eyes that you might have dismissed the church and the archbishop and the service and all of those things said 
as some level of empty sentimentalism and just a part of ritual. But uh, when you've got this sort of ritual and uh, the powerful nature of the passing of a monarch, uh, you bring right to the fore, don't you, uh, the fact that there is a belief in God that actually does have power, that it actually does affect the life we live. Any thoughts here around the way people might perceive things, even if they've been non-churchgoers and really out of church life in their own family, perhaps for a long time? Yeah, well, let's be honest. An awful lot of what goes on in church is empty ritual. You know, um, what did Jesus say? These people profess me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I think the difference about this was the fact that the queen scripted it herself. She chose the hymns. For example, love divine or love's excelling. Imagine a monarch choosing a hymn which talks about casting our crowns before thee. You know, I mean, we can sing that metaphorically. She did it literally. Um, so I, I think that that, that's significant. I think some of that will come across. I think a lot for a lot of people, they won't get it. I, I think there are Christians who are far too excited about this and say, oh, the gospel was preached everywhere and uh, lots of people will get it. No, I think lots of people will just see the ritual. I think lots of people will be more like tourists than mourners. But the Holy Spirit is able to take the word that was read and the witness and testimony of the Queen and apply it. And I'm sure that we will see uh, eternal fruit for it. So I'm very encouraged by it. Well, David, wonderful insights from you and uh, for listeners who might be interested in the fact of a Republican with insights around these things and with that depth of spirituality, we'll no doubt have some conversations in the times to come that might even come around some of those ideas too. David Robertson, speaker, writer, broadcaster. He's the director of the Ask Project. He's an evangelist with Sydney Anglicans. Just let me ask you about the Ask Project. That stands for Ask, Seek, Knock. You've got some good initiatives on the boil, haven't you, David, with the Ask, Seek, Knock? Yeah, I mean, the idea is just simply for people to ask questions. And one of the things we've done, we've just launched a website, which is very simple, www.ask.org.au. And we'd, we'd, what we do is we take subjects like science or history or music or whatever, and people can ask questions, the Bible and so on. And uh, we try, I've got a different group of writers, and we try and respond to those questions. There are different articles and so on. But it's really trying to get people to question and think. And I, I, again, coming back to the Queen, um, isn't it interesting that one of her great friends was Billy Graham? And Franklin Graham this week said that the Queen would often phone up Billy Graham and ask him questions about the Bible. And uh, you may not be the Queen, I'm certainly not Billy Graham, but anyone wanting to ask questions about the Bible, that's, that's what I live for anyway. And it's just, it's a, it's a f- fabulous moment here in history and a fabulous moment in terms of being able to share the gospel in Australia as a Scotsman. Wonderful. Ask.org.au. And uh, we'll do some more. And we'll talk some more about that Ask initiative uh, in the weeks ahead. Uh, Wonderful getting your insights. David Robertson, ask.org.au. David, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. And uh, I think we we pray that God would save the king as well. eh? God save the king, yes. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.